Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So we welcome on Tyler James, who covers Notre Dame football and recruiting and more for Inside ND Sports on the Rivals Network. How's it going, Tyler? It's going well. Uh, we're here. Uh, it's slow part for football, I suppose, but we're, we're in the middle of uh, getting ramped up for a pretty busy recruiting recruiting season. So uh, um, that, there hasn't been a lot of time to catch our breath this offseason, but uh once we get to July, we'll, we'll have a little bit of a break there and then uh, get right back into the season. It's been a, been a pretty crazy, uh, pretty, pretty crazy seven months or six. So, yeah, seven months since the end of November when Brian Kelly left another day. Yeah, that uh, probably threw a little bit of a not a wrench, but, uh, you know, both a wrench and an opportunity for all of the beat writers in terms of the amount of content that you probably unexpectedly were going to be covering. Yeah, yeah, December was 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 crazy, and uh, particularly so for Eric Hansen and I when we were making the transition or preparing for the transition to the Rivals Network from the South Bend Tribune for our new website, Inside Indy Sports, with knowing that we were going to start that on January 1st. Um, and uh, we wanted to give the Tribune as much of us as we could. So, I mean, I, I legitimately worked – December 31st for the South Bend Tribune. And then on the first, I worked for Inside Indy Sports. Like I, I was out in Arizona doing doing coverage for the Tribune. And then the next day, the day of the game, I was doing coverage for, for Rivals. So yeah, it was a pretty, pretty wild December. I mean, we we had we had hoped to have much more things aligned. I mean, we wanted to have a recruiting reporter in place. Um, uh, but that that we just didn't have the time to sort of make all those things happen because it was a it was a hectic time of covering Notre Dame football. Yeah, well, you know, with with being so busy, I appreciate you kind of making some time, you know, for me today. And, you know, the real goal here is to kind of take a little bit of a peek behind the curtain and, and your role as a, a Notre Dame beat writer. And so far, the uh, the working title for this series right now is The Beat on ND's Beat. Um, and so curious if you think that sounds good to you. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I think that works. The beat on Indy's beat. I mean, there's probably some some sort of pun that I could come up with if I was given some time to think about it. Um, but I think I think that works. That's that's the working title we're going to go with uh, go with for now. And you know, if it if it changes, we'll probably see when when this comes out. But for now, it's the uh, you know the the first edition of the the beat on Indy's beat. And the first question that I have for you is. I was looking over an article um, that was, you know, singing your praises. I want to say a couple months back that referenced you as the pancake maker. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit of background about how that nickname came to be. Well, first, it, it's it's not a nickname. That was just a, <laughs> that was just a uh, clever headline that was used. Uh, I, I was never called the pancake maker. No, I I I mean, I as an athlete, I, I mean, I was. Uh, I played offensive line and I, I, it was, it was a nickname that spawned before, well before I was even a high school football player, but um, some of my closer friends would call me T-Bone. So that would be the only nickname that I, that I would have had. Uh, but Pancake Maker was certainly not one of them, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, inducted into the Slicer, Port Slicer Football Hall of Fame recently. Um, and that was pretty, pretty crazy i mean <laughs> like i've had people like come up to me and say hey congrats on the hall of fame and that just that just feels really weird for someone to be, be saying that to me uh but uh yeah so th th there was some coverage of that going into it and uh i was pretty fortunate that i had some knee in issues in high school um so i only really played one full season of rc football um as a senior and we were really good but my, my senior year we were the first team in school history to when the sectional and regional and we, we, we got absolutely smoked it in semi-state <laughs> at Carmel. Uh, but, but it was a really cool season. I, I got some accolades. Um, I think that had a lot to do with people knowing my name because my dad is a longtime high school football coach as an assistant coach. And so um, it was really, it was really kind of cool to go back to, to Laporte. And I mean, I go there frequently because I don't live too far from there and I have a lot of friends there, but um, to go back and sort of relive some of the high school days and, um, catch up with some guys I haven't seen in a long time. So that it's been, it, it, kind of a, a nostalgic, nostalgic summer for me. So I guess not summer, late spring uh, for me so far. Yeah, well, well, I'm bummed to hear that that wasn't the official name. Um, I, I think <laughs> Egon is also a pretty good one, but kind of digging into that a little bit. Um, it's obviously that you, you know, you were, even though you didn't play too long, you, you still went through, or maybe I'll ask, did you go through some type of recruiting process as you ended up making your way towards DePaul? DePaul, sorry, not DePaul. Yeah, uh, so after after that season, I, and maybe there was some during the season, but I don't I don't quite remember that. But I I, was start, I started getting mail from like smaller schools, like Division three schools and Division two schools, and um, and so I but my dad sort of helped me sort of weed out all the schools that he knew were just bad, like the the, <laughs> the, the football the football programs were just bad, like you don't want to go here, you don't want to go here, and so he, he, we sort of. Uh, went through those. And I, and I went on some college visits. I went to uh, Valpo University, which was obviously not very far from, from LaPorte, Indiana, um, mm -hmm. and, and visited there. I visited Carthage College in Wisconsin. Um, it's on Lake Michigan. Um, and then I also visited, uh, obviously, DePaul. Um, and I think those were the three, like, college football visits. Uh, at that point, I mean, I, I hadn't really even, I mean, like I mentioned, I hadn't played uh, full full varsity season until my senior year, so it wasn't really in my head that I would play college football until I had that success. It's like, okay, maybe this is something I could do. And so then it took me a while to decide if that's what I wanted to do: play college football or just go to like IU and 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 go into the media school or whatever. 
Um, I did know that I wanted to get into sports sports writing. That was something that I, I sort of a teacher in high school suggested to me in, in in my junior year, and so I said, "Hey, that sounds like a decent idea." <laughs> Even though my dad's a math teacher, and I, I feel like I'm naturally gifted at math, but I, oh, let's let's see what the, if I can be around sports. That's a good excuse for me. But anyways, uh, I, I so I made those visits, and then uh, yeah, I, I mean it was interesting to sort of go through that. I mean, coaches like the, the college coaches would come to the school and talk to you. Um, and uh, I mean, it, certainly like the experience of having to tell coaches no was certainly something that was, was, was kind of intimidating, I think. Um, but I mean, certainly all this stuff that I went through doesn't even compare to the stuff that these guys are going through. I mean, we're talking about after my senior season of high school. So I was, I was trying to make all these decisions within a, a few months, which is how, recruiting used to work back in the day, but that's not what it's like anymore. I mean, these guys are sophomores visiting schools and, and being on people's radars. And that certainly, certainly wasn't me. Yeah. Has it, has your, I mean, even though you didn't have an extensive recruiting experience, has, has your experience at least going through some, some portion of the process impacted at all the way that you both talk to or cover recruiting and recruits themselves? Um, I don't know that I would say that necessarily I mean I guess I have sort of an understanding of what they're going through but I think I've I think I've probably gained that more through covering recruiting than like personally just myself my my own experience as a high school football player and a college football player so I feel like that is sort of where I've I've come to I mean obviously you sort of get the perspective of a player um and I, I I'd like to think I'm pretty uh um relatable although the older I get the less relatable uh, potentially <laughs> Uh, but I, I sort of understand what they're going through. And I, I, I try to give them the benefit of that. Like, I know like first it's like fans would be upset if kid, kids want to visit other schools and stuff like that. I was like, listen, they only get to do this once. Um, this is arguably one of the biggest decisions of your life. Um, you should be able to sort of take advantage of whatever opportunities you have, um, to do that. So I, I sort of come from that. Maybe, maybe that makes me biased. I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess I, I sort of side with the recruit in a lot of these situations because they're going through something, um, as young adults or even children in some cases, uh, and start trying to navigate this. And some people have good support systems around them that can help them. Some people don't. Um, so I, I think it's, uh, um, all those things sort of come together to sort of like guide sort of my perspective of recruiting. And I think, uh, but I do, I honestly, like when I first started covering recruiting, I mean, that was, that was my first responsibility as, as the, as a writer at the South Bend Tribune was to cover Notre Dame football recruiting. I had no insight into like the recruiting world, like what the rules were, any of that stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't follow recruiting as a, as a, as a sports fan. So I was, it was sort of a whole new um, animal that I was just sort of learning about. And it's, it's, it's very interesting to me. I've, 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 I've grown to appreciate that. And I, I, that was, a, it, that played a role in sort of us deciding to go to rivals because rivals obviously values that um, we felt like it wasn't being as, as valued at the South Bend Tribune, um, not necessarily by the folks at the Tribune, but the, the ownerships above, yeah, uh, above yeah. the Tribune and some of the decisions that were made. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's I'm kind of rambling now, but that's sort of my perspective on, on the recruiting and sort of where I, I guess I come from when, I, when I'm covering it. No, it seems that you've struck a, a pretty good balance, um, especially as it can be difficult because you probably have, you know, quite a lot of adults who 
you know, have very strong opinions about what, you know, anywhere from 16 to 18 year old kids are doing when ultimately it's a, it's a, it's a crazy decision. That's, you have to look at what's best for, best for themselves. And so when you're actually talking to and covering recruits, do you ever feel kind of a push and pull with your relationship as someone who wants the best interest and looks out for the best interest of the kid versus, you know, what types of articles and things that you're putting out that, you know, fans are craving and, and pushing back towards? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's, there's some of that. I, I think um, you, you want to, I think it's always important to try to be fair to the kid mm-hmm. um, and uh, try to give them the chance to speak and speak to what, what's going on. I mean, I, I, I'd like to think I am willing to be critical about a kid's ability um, and what I think of him as a player. Um, I try, I mean, I, I'm, obviously I'm not going to be like as harsh as I would as like a, as like watching um, Mike Glennon play quarterback for, for the, for, for the Chicago <laughs> don't, bears. Don't bring but, that uh, <laughs> I've blocked that out. I blocked it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm willing to give my opinions. I mean, and I, and like be transparent with that to the, the kids too. If they like say, like if I will do a fin- film study on a kid and say, Hey, can I see this? I'm not going to say, well, I didn't say nice things about you. So I don't want to <laughs> send it to you. I'll still send it to them. And if they, uh, one, one person I remember specifically, I think I, it was about Jameer Jones, um, and he he played a lot of linebacker in, in in high school. And I said I think he was more likely to be a, a defensive end, and and was sort of uh, I don't know if critical is the right way to say it, but just sort of getting at like I'm not sure like he's going to be a linebacker long term. And some kids might take offense to that, but he's like I agree with you. <laughs> so that was kind of cool that he he, awesome. he sort of he sort of and obviously that sort of played out that way. He ended up being a defensive end. Uh, towards the end of his Notre Dame career as well. So I'll give you, uh, he should give you a, a cut of his paycheck then for this upcoming NFL season. Um, <laughs> I take no credit. I take no credit. <laughs> cool. Um, so you mentioned, you mentioned that in high school, uh, one of your teachers said that, you know, sports writing could be a thing for you. Um, kind of taking a step before then, was there a certain point or age where uh, not even sports writing in particular, but sports just started to take over or consume a large portion of your brain? Oh yeah. I mean, ever since I can remember, I mean, sports have been uh, a huge part of my life. I mean, obviously I mentioned my dad's a high school football coach and he has been my, my whole life. Um, And so I would hang out at the football stadium, going to practice, just hanging around with the other kids of the, of the coaches and um, being around that, but also like watching sports center three times in in the same morning. (laughs) Like that, like I, I feel like, I think, a lot of kids watched a, lot, a ton of cartoons as, as a kid, um, but I, I was watching SportsCenter. Um, I'd certainly watch some cartoons as well, but um, I, would, I, would, I would watch SportsCenter, watch sports, um, get invested in obviously sort of the teams that were passed down from my family, um, mostly the Chicago teams, um, Blackhawks, uh, White Sox. I mean, less, it was less Blackhawks then. Blackhawks became more of a bigger thing when I got older when they were actually good, but um, huge, huge Bulls fan. <laughs> Uh, and obviously a, a suffering Bears fan. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was I was hugely invested in sports. And that's that's sort of how that came about. Where The teacher didn't actually say you should get into sports writing. He said, have you ever considered getting into writing? And it was funny because it was a class. His name is Greg Fruth. It was a class. It was like honors juniors English was the was the class. And my parents going into my junior year said, you're taking this class. I said, no, I'm not. I hate English. <laughs> like that was the, the first B I ever got in school was in an English class. Um, and 
Uh, so I was like, I don't, I don't want to take this class when they, and they forced me to do it. And that sort of led me to this. And Mr. Fruf was a, was a former football coach as well. So I, I had known him as well. And uh, he, he sort of nudged me towards writing. And every time, anytime we would get writing prompts that we could sort of come up with what we wanted to do, I would sort of write about sports. And so that was sort of how I, I sort of got into that. But yeah, I, I've been sports obsessed for as long as I can remember. That's uh, it's, it's great to hear. And I think, I think with probably kids now, and again, I'm, 30 years old and I'm using the phrase kids now, but it's all highlights and everything is now at your fingertips where before it was, you watch sports center to know what happened in the sports throughout the day. So I had a similar experience as that growing up where, you know, I was digging into the Chicago tribune to figure out what happened the night before and then watching sports center. So it's great to hear that, you know, someone else had that, that same experience. And, you know, a question I have for you, were you, were you an Notre Dame fan? I mean, in like growing up? No, I was not, I was not a Notre Dame fan. Um, and, uh, it, it's been, it's been interesting to, to cover them because some people will be like, uh, people are like, what's it like to work for Notre Dame? I was like, well, I don't work for Notre Dame. I work to cover Notre Dame. Like it's a job. Um, like obviously there are people at Notre Dame that I appreciate and, and, and grow close with and, and, and like, um, as, as you go through this process, but I, I wasn't a Notre Dame fan. I, I, I didn't, I, I, uh, I, especially early on when I started covering Notre Dame, I was like, give me whatever like historical books I can read about it. Cause I, I just don't have like the, the encyclopedic knowledge that many people that would have grown up Notre Dame fans would have. Um, and so I, I tried, like, I, I have giant like blank spots in like Notre Dame history that I would just know so very little about, but obviously the longer I do this, the more you sort of come across different names and games and stuff like that. And uh, I actually enjoyed uh, during uh, COVID doing some projects like diving into some historical, like best quarterbacks of all time and watching some old games on, on, uh, on YouTube, or I don't know if they ended up streaming some of the games or whatever, or put yeah. some on TV even. Cause I think I watched the, the Florida state game, the 93 Florida state game for the very first time. Like I'd never seen that game before. Um, and so, um, but yeah, so I, I, I come from this, not as a, uh, an educated longtime Notre Dame fan, but someone who is, uh, uh, grown to sort of appreciate and and I, I feel like better understand the program than I that I sort of ever would have before um, starting this job. It's really interesting because I feel that Notre Dame fans in general being as passionate as that they are assume that the the writers have the same level of fandom versus the more professional nature of what you do. And so kind of moving into that realm, um, I don't want to make you don't have to dig in too deep of this, but I'm curious what, what you'd want people to know about your kind of day-to-day writing job at Rivals that that might su- that might surprise them. Um yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what would surprise. I, I guess like I I mean I sort of just try to approach everything as like I want to I want to tell the story as fairly as possible. Obviously, like I have my own opinions based on observations or what I know that people maybe don't know or that I can't necessarily report on, but I have heard information on. So some, all those things sort of uh, impact your, your, your writing and reporting in some way. But I, I mean, my goal is sort of just sort of present things as I believe they are. And obviously if I'm, I'm taking a, an opinion on that uh, uh, or doing some sort of analysis, then it's more like based on what I'm doing. But I like, um, and I, like some people might think like, well, you're just writing this to get clicks or something like that. It's like, well, I, no, I, I feel like that, I, that, that would be exhausting to me if like, I was only like 
changing my opinions based on what I felt like would get the most clicks. Like, I, I just don't know how I could keep up with those kinds of things. But um, I, I, I like as as a sports fan, I enjoy hearing the stories about athletes and, and some of the stuff they're dealing with and their personal stories and what they're going through to get better, how they get better and those kinds of things. So those are the stories I enjoy telling and, and trying to find different ways to to tell them different people to talk to. I really enjoy getting to getting to know people and interview them. So um, it's it's not a lot of glitz and glamour. Like it's a really cool job. I would never never uh, deny that. But I mean, I just like now like we don't have an office. Like we Eric and I work from home, mm-hmm. um, and so I mean we we certainly got used to that during COVID. But we I, before before that even happened, like I wasn't in the in the Tribune's office building every day when I was working because you need to be out in the field doing certain things and it's easier just to go home sometimes. And right. So um, it's, it's the, the one downside is like, it's, it's never ending. Like you never know what's going to happen. Like it's legitimately 24 <laughs> seven news cycle. Uh, you could be, have something like, and that's where you need to have good coworkers. So you can sort of schedule like, Hey, if, if I got something important going on in my personal life, like, can you, can you handle if something happens today or whatever? Uh, like, Kids will announce commitments on holidays, which uh, if I could speak to parents of recruits, it would be do not let your kids do that. Think of us like we, we have to spend time on our holidays because someone wants to announce like I, like that. that That's one of my biggest pet peeves, I would say, of the recruiting process. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, like that would that's like the the one downside of the job is like it's you never like your schedule is very unpredictable. Obviously, you're going to be working lots of nights and weekends. Um, and so you sort of dedicate a bit, a significant portion of your life to that. Um, but I enjoy it. I don't have any regrets about that. It's certainly, um, fun to do, but yeah, you, you feel like sometimes like people want, they want the answers from you all the time, every day. And it's like, Hey, I, I just want to watch some TV for a little bit. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you, you know? So, uh, it's, uh, but, but it's a great job. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm complaining about it because I, I do enjoy it. And it's, I mean, it's, the only job I've had and something I decided I wanted to do in high school. And it's been, uh, I've been very blessed and fortunate to be able to do that. No, it's, it's super insightful. And I, I, I want to make a statement on hopefully behalf of, of the majority of the fans that I, I don't think we appreciate you all enough for the amount of time and the amount of hours that you put in and especially the, the off hours, like you mentioned, because, you know, I, I write for one foot down. I write, you know, an article or two a week, they're scheduled. I know what the topic's going to be. It's at my own pace. And so for you guys to be, you know, pivoting at the drop of a hat or out somewhere in some news breaks, I just want to say thank you because a lot of us probably don't have the true appreciation for how much time and effort goes into it. And so just that's a, I guess, just a blanket, a blanket thank you. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's it's the trade-off we make for doing a job that lots of people would want to do, I think, is sort of the way, the way I look at it. Like, uh, I get to travel the country covering Notre Dame football games, going to places I've never been before. Mm-hmm. um and get paid for it and not have to pay for it uh, so uh it's uh um it's certainly a, a great experience um just kind of a taking a taking a little bit of a different path here um it's clear that the south bend is a notre dame town um to, to say the least and so you know i'm curious as you go about your your day-to-day life i think the beat writers are are pretty well known and are pretty recognizable um do you get people coming up to you and asking you for scoops or, or kind of intruding on your, your personal life or, or how does that work being a, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to call you a quasi, you know, quasi celebrity in South Bend. 
um, among the locals. That doesn't happen very often. I, it, people won't just like come up out of nowhere. I mean, the, the times that people will come up and say something or like yell something, usually like around Notre Dame events, like at, yeah. like when you're saying for walking to the field at, in the fourth quarter and we're walking down the stadium steps or whatever, someone will see us and yell your name or whatever. Um, there, there certainly have been interactions like I'm at the tire place and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I used to, I, are you the guy that's on? Well, I used to do a, a lot of work with uh, the local radio station. Are you the guy that's on Sportsbeat? I was like, yeah, that's me. And then uh, so that's kind of cool to hear that people sort of associate you with that. And that was sort of fascinating, too, because I think there's a lot of people that will read the, the people could read the newspaper pretty regularly. And I don't know how often they necessarily pay attention to the bylines. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but then if you if your voice is attached to something like I've had people recognize my voice or recognize it been around Eric when people recognize Eric's voice. Um, so people certainly recognize Eric much more than they do me. I mean, he's been in town much longer and has a much more illustrious career than I do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there's some moments like that, but nothing, nothing has ever been like anything strange or anything uncomfortable. Um, I sort of feel bad because some people will like say, Hey, I just want to say, I appreciate what you do. And then just sort of walk away. And I was like, well, can you tell me your name? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'd like to know something about you too. Yeah. Like, I, uh, but I, I feel like people just want to just say hello and they feel like you're bo they're, bo they're bothering you. So, um, but yeah, no, I, there's no, nothing too crazy. Like I, I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like uh, worrying about when I'm going to the grocery store because people are going to stop me in line or anything like that. that. That's, that's not how it's been for me. Cool. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, is just a, you mentioned Eric Hansen. Is, is Eric Hansen your best friend? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say my best friend, but he's my, certainly been my best friend in the business, for no doubt. I mean, we're obviously, um, I mean, we've worked closely together for a long time, but now starting a business together, we're we're even closer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we talk all the time. Um, I talk to him probably more than I talk to anybody, I, I would think. I mean, just because when we're working, we're talking usually daily, multiple times a day and, and always on the same page with those kinds of things. And uh, uh, so, yeah, but we're, but we're really close. We have a good relationship. Uh, Certainly, I, I think Eric's pretty easy to get along with. I, I'd like to think I'm pretty easy to get along with. So um, I, I think we, we work together well. And that's, uh, I think people can sort of get a sense for that uh, when they listen to us on a podcast. Like we're, we're like just genuinely having conversations with each other. And it's not, it's not something forced in any way. Like it's like some of the conversations that would come up on a podcast, we would have off the podcast just naturally because we're talking about these, these same things all the time. Cool, and I know we're we're winding down here, so just a, a couple last, a couple quick hitters, and then and then one final question. So uh, the first kind of quick hitter is if you could cover any college football team other than ND, who would you pick? Oh, um, I would probably. I mean, I, I, I guess I'd probably just say Alabama, just because I mean to cover Nick Saban. I, I think that would be fascinating just to a program that's done what they've done. So I, I think I would probably just. I'd want to cover the best to, to sort of experience what that was like. So I, I would say Alabama. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it'd be pretty fun also just living in Tuscaloosa. You think Notre Dame's a, Notre Dame's a football town, <laughs> but I feel like that's a whole different world. Yeah, exactly. Um, next, next little quick hitter. If the dinos offered you a contract, would you move across the world to write for them? Uh, to cover the dinos. I, I, I think that would be tough. I don't the, the language barrier would be, would be, would be of a bit of a bit of a tough one. So I think I'd probably pass. I, I'd see if they, uh, maybe could get me, uh, 
maybe maybe a vacation or something. Maybe that could that could work out. I could I could uh, do like a, a fellowship for for a couple <laughs> weeks or something like that. <laughs> well, and and then the, the last question here, but before I let you go, and I, again, I appreciate the time. This is this has been great. But if you could have any unfiltered discussion with uh, you know any player or coach around any topic off the record regarding Notre Dame football, what might that be? Oh man. Um... I mean, probably the Manti Teo stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> like, what I would want, I, like, if if I like, I know that he would just tell me everything that was going on. Like, I, I would just, I'd have so many questions about that, um, and uh, I'd love to <laughs> sort of get his honest perspective of it. Um, sort of like, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I think it's probably fair to say it's sort of tainted his life in some way tainted might be a little bit of a strong word but like it's I mean it's, it's forever gonna follow him I don't think like he can escape that um now he's like he has he's married and has a child now uh, I believe um and uh is I don't think he's still playing football um but uh yeah I mean just to to get some insight into that uh I mean that was the probably the strangest thing I've ever covered um I, I remember like like reading about, I think my mom was the one who saw it first and she sent it to me or said something to me. And like the feeling I got like in my stomach was like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, it was like, I saw a ghost or something. It was, it was, a, it was one of the weirdest experiences. I can't, I can't really describe it. Um, and like, uh, it was just a, it was a bizarre experience. And I, I don't know that anyone totally knows every side of that story because it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a very complicated one especially because that was still in the relatively early days of the internet. And again, I say relatively early days of the internet because it's evolved so much where, you know, catfishing was, uh, you could really get catfished back then, but it's, I mean, you can, you can still, it still happens now, but yeah, it just was a, would be a super interesting conversation. So. Um, yeah. And that was, that was my first season on the beat. It was 2012. So. <laughs> Easier like that to- season, that season was crazy enough and then to have that thrown in at the end of it was, was wild. Cool. And then just a, a last quick hitter uh, for the Bears fans out there. Um, do you believe in Justin Fields? I do. Yes, I believe in Justin Fields. Um, I think he's great. Um, they're, they're, the Bears Chicago needs to do to help him be great because I don't think they did a lot of that previously. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about this season because I don't know that they did a lot of the draft to necessarily help him either. Um, but I think he's great. Um I, I still agree with the decision to to trade up and draft him. Like I think he's better than any of the quarterbacks that were in this year's draft. So um, we, we'd be stuck in the same situation uh, if the Bears didn't draft him. So yeah, I believe in him. I mean, maybe it won't work out, but I, I still have faith. I'm not ready to give up on Justin Fields. Yeah, and Justin, I know you're you're, you're listening and reading, and just let you know that <laughs> both Tyler James and, and Phil Goff believe in you, which is hopefully the uh, extra motivation that you need. Um, and just to close it out here. Um, I'm assuming most people know kind of where to find you and, and where to read, but would love to let you plug, you know, both your Twitter and your site and, and you know, anything else you want here in the last little bit. Yeah. You can follow me at T James ND on Twitter. Um, I feel a little bit weird, like having just ND in my Twitter handle because it makes it seem like I work for ND or something, but, um, it was the easiest thing to do because we used to be NDI for ND insider. So we just switched it to ND. Um, and so I think people can still find us pretty easily. Um, and then, Inside Indy Sports, uh, NotreDame.Rivals.com, either of those, uh, 
websites that will take you to the same place. Um, the Insider Lounge is our premium message board. Um, we're working to continue to grow that community. So if anyone wants to subscribe, we'd love to have them. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have a we have Inside Indy Sports account on Instagram. If you want to follow that, we have an Inside Indy Sports account on Twitter. Um, and then we're hoping to get some more stuff uh, on YouTube in the future. We have a podcast, Inside Indy Sports podcast. So we're we're everywhere you, you can think of. So uh, we hope uh, people enjoy the stuff we're providing and are looking forward to our our first season at Inside Indy Sports. Awesome. Well, well Tyler, I, I appreciate it. As mentioned, go follow Tyler on Twitter, um, subscribe to all of his stuff and, you know, appreciate him as being a part of the first, you know, one foot down inaugural beat on beat writers. So again, thanks so much. And it's greatly appreciated. Thanks for having me, Phil. Awesome.